Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. We're in Daniel 10, and uh, I'm excited about this uh, because it's really a whole chapter on Daniel's prayer. And then next week we'll be covering kind of the ending part of Daniel. This is uh, in uh, 536 B.C. <clears throat> this is now the Persian Empire is over, is, is over Daniel, and he's working again with great favor within that. He's an old man. He's in his late 80s. Lots of things have happened. He's been, if you imagine this, he's been at this for like 70 years since he was 14 or 15. And uh, Jerusalem now is, uh, is open back up, like you can go back. Not a flood of people going back, some going back. And as you look at this, you start seeing in chapter 10 is this prayer of him going to God and God responding to him. And what we see in Daniel is we see Daniel, he's always a person who's not just prophetic, he's prophetic because he's, a, he's someone who prays all the time. And we see that throughout, whether it be Kim, uh, Nebuchadnezzar saying, hey, we're going to kill everybody. Wait a second, God's going to show me something. Oh God, oh God, give me an interpretation of this dream. Crying out for that. <clears throat> we see it. Oh yeah, he's, he can't pray because he'll get thrown in the lions. Seems like he's quite calm, praying in his three times a day, opening his window at peace, and God takes care of things. We just see him praying all the time. But there's a spot, and what we're calling this is we're calling this place, in Daniel, we're, we're calling this place of uh, desperate prayers. You guys ever had some desperate prayers? <laughs> They're different than just regular prayers. Desperate prayers, it's not, sometimes desperate has a really negative meaning to it. Um, but uh, this means, that, what I mean by this is we're desperate for God to move. We're desperate for something that we can't get to ourselves, no matter how hard we try, and we understand we can't do it. In this place, and, de- and Daniel was desperate at this point in chapter 10. Now, we see desperate prayers quite often in the Bibles. If you read the Psalms, there's a lot of desperate prayers. Oh, God, oh, God. And he's seeking God with their whole heart, crying out to him. But we see in the New Testament as well, we see Jesus praying many ways, but sometimes, like in the garden, he's praying in a place of intensity (laughs) where there's a battle going on, and he continues to seek God. We see it in Paul many times as he's writing, you see this desperation in his heart for God to do this thing. And that's what we see in here. You know when we pray desperate prayers is when usually it gets so bad. Not always. Sometimes it's just God stirs us, but many times it's a place that we have pain beyond what we feel like we can endure. We have sadness or confusion. Have you guys ever felt it where you feel this threat coming at you? You can't even put it into words, but you feel afraid. It's, it's this thing, and sometimes it's not like all at once. It's like over time, circumstances and situations start eating at your hope. You know what I mean by that? One thing, as soon as I get past this, another thing, And it shakes you up. And you have a chance to turn to God and be faithful, but it's really tempting not to. 
So I'm going to have Devin come up and read the passage for us today, and then we'll go from there. Put yourself into Daniel's place, because he's, he's actually, much as he's writing the first person, and just put yourself, as we go through the story, into Daniel's place. Continue. Cool. Good morning, everybody. So, yeah, going to start in Daniel 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true and concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At the time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips. I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river Tigris. I looked up, and there was a man uh, dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the, to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Daniel, one of, then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. While he was saying this to me, I bowed my face toward the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of my vision. My Lord, I feel very weak, but how can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, 
you who are highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. So he said, Do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia, and when I go, the prince of Greece will come. But first, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. Yeah, that's good. A lot there. Um, you know, as you look at this, is you see this spot where this day is actually something that Daniel never forgot to the point he marks it down specifically. This is the day this happened. It was actually April 23rd, 536 B.C., a day he will never forget and he's trying to describe what's taking place in the situation. And so, Daniel, in this spot that he's at, let me get this over here, one of my pages is gone. He's, he's got this, he's been at this place in which that he's very exhausted. <laughs> and uh, he's, he starts out by this, this place where it's, he mourns for three weeks. And uh, as, he, as he mourns for three weeks, he, he comes to a spot in which that Daniel is tired and sad. We don't know why he mourned for three weeks. We'll talk about that a little bit later, what might be taking place there. But he's chosen to go without any kind. He's not fasting, but he's basically just keeping everything just enough to survive to mourn. <laughs> completely focusing in for three weeks as he begins praying and crying out to God. And there's this particular day that it takes place where all of a sudden he's by in this river and he looks up and there's this man. <laughs> looks kind of like a man, but he's, an he's a warrior angel, angelic being. He doesn't have a name. And he looks up, probably indicating the size. <laughs> and at that spot at, at the river, this man, he's describing him and he's using all these terms that best get out what he's thinking about what this looked like. And he speaks about this place of his belt was like the best gold. And, and in that particular culture, they had pure gold and they had this gold, this best gold from Usoff. And it's, it's the best gold possible. And it's a spot, it's, it has this place of where he has topaz for his body, face like lightning, flaming torches for his eyes. I mean, this is the best he can do, but and it's, it's, it's like, so what you see in this, you see him seeing this kind of like a man, but knowing it's from God. And, uh, and then it talks about this place, this, his sound of his voice was like multitudes. And here's the thing is, Daniel was the only one that saw this vision but he must have been around his friends, so you can just imagine you're at the river with your friends, you're in the seeking mode, you're, looks like he's doing maybe even in, in maybe, who knows, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, maybe they're all around, we don't know who's there, but they're all around, and all of a sudden something happens where the presence of God is there so strongly, even though they don't see it, 
they're terrified and they just take off, <laughs> good friends, and you're sitting there with this big guy that you can't put into words and you're just watching and looking at his eyes and you're trying to figure out what to do, but he's there alone. If you can imagine what that felt like, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left and my face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. And then when he started hearing him speaking and listening to him, he just whoosh, face planted in the dirt. And he fell into this deep sleep. We don't know how long that lasted. I guess God was doing lots of things. And then all of a sudden, he felt this touch of a hand. And he gets up on his knees, still shaking. And guess what the angel says? You are highly esteemed. Whoa. You're afraid he's going to say something else. <laughs> and so, and it, as he, then he stood up, he says, stand up now. So then he stood up, he says, I have been sent to you. Continues on this place is, is again, he's trembling. And what does this amazingly powerful representation of God say to him? Do not be afraid, Daniel. Now listen to this. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and humbled yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. <laughs> I mean, he's understanding what's happening here. And he goes on. I mean, this could be a superhero movie, right? I mean, it's like, but I had some problems. There's this prince, not a good prince, the prince of Persia, which is battled me trying to get here, right? Any of you guys from charismatic backgrounds? You know the Prince of Persia. They've talked about it a lot, yeah? It's like, you know, that's why you, if you hear people praying for spirits over cities and spirits over countries and demonic realms, he's really talking about Ephesians 6 here. This is the principalities and powers that we can't see. He's revealing what happened. He was sent from God and he got tied up. And then this, this place of Michael came and helped him out. <laughs> and... Uh, now he's here. And he, he explains to them, I've, and I've come now to explain what will happen to your people in the future, which is on his heart, and the visions concerning the time yet to come. So he says, here's why I'm here. I'm, I'm here on good things for you. I came for you. And he goes on to this place, and so he's, now you see, he's, he's just, it's different. Now he's feeling the majesty of God, and he begins just bowing down and becoming speechless. And then, guess what? He touches his mouth. He gets to speak. And now he's in this conversation <laughs> with this angelic being, and he's speaking to him, and he's talking about all that's going on, and he just talks about, I'm just, you know, <laughs> here's his breath. I'm not doing well. <laughs> I am so exhausted. I'm so tired. I'm so weak. I, I can't even make it. And, and what happens? The man touched me and gave me strength. He looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid. He speaks these words to Daniel. You, again, are highly esteemed, he said. Peace. Be strong now. Be strong. And when he spoke it, he was strengthened. Now, I think after all this, 
explaining that, oh yeah, by the way, I'm, I'm going back to fight the Prince of Persia. <laughs> it was like a superhero movie. Like, I'm going back and I'll leave you here, but then Michael's going to help me. And, and then all of a sudden now, you know, we're going to have the next spirit of over Greece, which is coming. You know about that because I've given you the prophecies. So, but I'm going back, but you know, here we are. And he goes, but I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. And so this is really helping us set up for the very thing that's going to take place and what's going to happen in, in 11, what we're going to see in 11 and 12. He's setting this up. He's preparing him for that as we go through it. Now, a couple of things I want you to say on this. Well, actually a little more than a couple, but a few things I want to say on this is there's something in this that just stands out to me. And we've been talking a lot about God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty is this place. One of the best truths about Scripture is God's in control. <laughs> he knows what's coming on. He's not surprised. Kings and kingdoms will come and go, but he'll stand, his kingdom will stand forever. This is what we've talked about the whole time. So there's this kind of rest in, it's crazy, but God's taking care of it and he has a plan. But what we see in this is we see God is sovereign and our prayers change things. And this is a tension that you'll see all the way through Scripture, is God is unfolding His plan, and somehow we are part of that, and what we pray actually matters. It doesn't just flow into it. It actually changes things, yet God is sovereign. When you get that figured out, I want you to tell me, because I've been, wondering, I've been wrestling this for a long time, right? But this is the truth of Scripture. It's both. And so he's been praying and seeking and humbling himself before God, and he does it for intentionally a place that where he's desperate, he humbles himself, he prays for three weeks. Then God heard Daniel the moment that he prayed and he sent an angelic being. The first day that you, listen to this, the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. Pretty cool. Prayer is amazing. This prayer, Daniel, mourning and just devoting himself to prayer, ends up God hears his words and God responds and sends a warrior angel through lots of spiritual battle to get him there so he could speak what he wanted to speak to him. Now, the thing about prayer, it just results in so many good things. This is an example of one of them, but there's many things about prayer because it's talking about in James that the prayer of the righteous accomplishes much or is powerful and effective, right? And what's great about that is God in Christ, what are we? <laughs> we are righteous. We can boldly come before the throne of grace for our request and our time of need. So, you know, you say, well, I'm not Daniel. No, but you are a new believer, maybe, who's struggling, but you've been made righteous. You can access God and the Holy Spirit's within you. And so this place of prayer, I would say if you want to put it in a very broad sense, and I haven't thought this all the way through to the point someone could correct me and you're done, but I think it's really spiritual eyes are open when you're able, and you're able to see the unseen. And it can be lots of things, but you're able to see with a perspective that's clear and true and right. And so when you pray, lots of things take place, right? 
maybe your spiritual eyes are open. It talks about prayer. It's like, if you're in trouble, James says, if anyone's in trouble, let him pray. Romans tells us, be faithful in prayer. When Jesus speaks about prayer, he uses his example, this persistent widow, and says, just keep persisting. And he ends up summarizing the parable by this, always pray and never give up. Always pray and never give up. And then in Romans it says, even if we don't know how to pray, if we humble ourselves before God and come to him, he even helps us groan and get out the things that we can't put our, our minds to. You guys ever had those times where you don't know what's wrong, but something's wrong? You don't even know how to pray? It's not about you figuring that out and then praying. It's that you go to God in that state, and he actually intercedes with us and helps us in that spot. Now we see this place of James that says, you do not have because you do not ask. But we're able to see the unseen. We're able to see things like when we start praying, we're able to see the unseen, like, oh, this is what's blocking me from God. I gotta just, all I have to do is turn from that and receive forgiveness. Oh, this is what I'm turning to instead of God. It, you couldn't see it, but you pray, and all of a sudden, lights come on. You're able to start seeing the unseen, which ends up glorifying God and really benefiting you. <laughs> glorifying God and really benefiting you. And so as you think about that, you know, there, it can be a spot where when you're praying, you can just, a situation, your, your perspective of that situation just changes. That person that you couldn't stand, all of a sudden you have compassion for. How did that happen? Prayer. Because God showed you truth. It could be a spot in which that you're praying for a physical need of another person. It could be a spot that you come to prayer and you just spend time adoring him. You, you could be a spot where you see him for who he is and you just worship. Or he, you come into prayer and, and his comfort comes because you're hurting. Or his compassion wells up with him. I mean, it does all kinds of things. Prayer is just good. It accomplishes all kinds of things. And so in Daniel's case here, it accomplished a lot. Now, you might look at this, and I've, I've been listening to lots of different like, teachings on Daniel and different things, and it's amazing how many people are jumping past chapter 10. Ah, da, 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 da. And then we go back to the, the vision of what he said, because that's what he came out of, an amazing end times vision, a revelation that's very amazing, something that really stands out, a future revelation that was a pretty big deal, which helped the Jews as they went and watched kingdom after kingdom fall who help them to know that God is still in control, who amazingly brings people across just because the prophecy is so amazing that people see this and turn even now to God because of the prophecy. It's, it's for us as well, we're here teaching in it. I mean, thinking about, you know, we've, uh, that's been a ways off, you know, 25, over 2,500 years, we're still talking about what this angel laid out to him, how God gave him this revelation. So that was a pretty big effective thing that happened because he prayed, right? And because uh, he says in 14, you know, I've come to explain what will happen to your people in the future for a vision that concerns the time yet to come. So that's what his mission was. But what I also say in prayer that does this other thing, Daniel's prayer resulted in him personally encountering God. And I think this is why he like locked the date in because it was such a significant moment for him. And so the first thing that I would say is that after this encounter, he knew God's glory. 
he knew God's power in ways that he could deny. He saw this angelic being who was representing God and watched him, and he saw his power, and he saw the glory of God. But I think the thing that stands out to the most in Daniel is when you really understand how kind this king was. I mean, these, this whole chapter, it's what's so amazing about it. It's sure, the, uh, anytime you have lightning coming from your, you know, you know from, your, from yourself, it's good, right? It's powerful, right? That's a big thing, right? I'm not, I'm not minimizing that. But I'm telling you what is equally as powerful is when this glorious, powerful king is so kind. And so, what I believe Daniel came away with was he came to know God in a way that allowed him to live the rest of his life in a different way because of this encounter. And he knew God quite well to start with. I just want you to think about what this felt like. Not doing well at all. Grieving. Waiting. You guys ever had those kind of prayers? I'm praying it again. I want to quit praying, but I'm not going to. I'm going to pray it again. I want to keep give, not giving up. I'm going to keep praying. He's in that spot. He's, he's sad. We don't know why he's sad completely, but a good chance he's sad because he's realized I'm reaching the end of my life, and this hasn't gone the way I was hoping for for Israel. It's opened back up now to Jerusalem, and very few people are even going. They still have, what we talked about, what Peggy talked about last week, they still have not responded and turned from things. And he's watching all that. And he still remains faithful. And he's just realizing the pain. And then he's seeing these visions that are the difficulty of the things coming. I think it's just overwhelming to him, even as he was just crying out and asking for God to help him. But pay attention to the things that took place. Okay, he's at this spot where first off, he shows up and the presence, I, I think the sleep was really good for him. I think it's like, I, I think it probably was spiritual too, probably a lot was going on when he was down on his face, did some face time. I think he, he, God was doing a lot, but I, I think he needs some rest. Like, okay, go down for a while. Go to sleep. Let's talk. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a kindness in this place, right? But then after he's, he wakes up, he's in a spot where he's, he still has this big guy standing next to him that's freaking him out a little bit. And he gets to a spot where, what does he feel? He feels the touch of a hand, an angelic hand of God. That's what it is. Touches him and gets him to come up to the next stage, on my knees, trembling. And then after he gets into that point, Daniel's at a spot where he says to him, are you listening now? Okay. You're highly esteemed. The first thing this angel says to him is you're highly esteemed. Now that is pretty amazing. When you wake up from that situation, there couldn't be much better words than that. 
Because I don't think he was feeling esteemed. I think in his faithfulness he was feeling tremendously lonely. And God said, that's not true. You're highly esteemed. I came here for you. And then he goes on to this place where he's still at such a spot that he didn't know what to do. And he says, do not be afraid. And then he got to a place in which said he was still now taking it in, but now he's just overwhelmed with what's taking place here, that God sees him this way, and this person's there, and he's surprised. He just begins bending down, and he becomes speechless. But the angel wants him to talk to him. So what does he do again? He touches his lips so he can speak. And then what he says is, I'm not doing well. <laughs> I need your help. And he just starts talking about what's taking place in that spot. And then he says to him again, you're highly esteemed. Peace, be strong. He touches him. and Strength comes back into his body. And then he was able to begin speaking this truth to him. Now, there are times where your life is not going good. And it's never perfect in this, but there's times it just gets harder. And there's a place in which that, you know, faithfulness becomes harder because you are at a spot where you're sad or you're hurting or you're confused or you're threatened. And the thing is, is that Daniel, even though it wasn't easy, he decided to turn to God in that place. Because in that spot, if you don't know that, you should know this already, when life gets that way and everything you see just makes you grieve or causes you to be undone, it's really easy to not be faithful. It's really easy to turn to other things to relieve the pain. But Daniel decided, no, I'm going to intentionally, desperately seek God until he shows up however long it takes. Now, I was thinking about this, about this whole thing of faithfulness. I came to know Jesus in the 70s. Now, some people look at the 70s as bad, and probably there's bad things in the 70s, but God was on the move in the 70s, if you didn't know that, in a particular way. I do not have my, the golden age like uh, that Peggy was saying they were wanting to go back to of, of the temple with King David, you know, the golden age of scripture where things were going so well. I'd hate to compare the 70s to that. But in the sense of God's coming, I mean, it was easy pickings. People were showing up without even asking them to. We'd had no coffee. We had no nice seats, we had no sound system, and they were just showing up because God was doing so much. And I didn't think much about faithfulness back then. I mean, it's just pretty easy. I, this is always going to be. It's partly the difference in seasons of life and spiritual things, but it's also age, I think. <laughs> it's a combination of things. But faithfulness is a place that allows you to recognize what God's doing 
And he can come into any time of your life regardless of what's taking place. And, uh, you know, I just think the reason this applies to us is this. I think we're in a time right now that's shaking us up spiritually. I think there's just a lot going on in all of us. I, I, I don't think I even I can feel it prophetically, but I can feel it by just my logic and talking to people. <laughs> so it's everywhere. And many of you think it must be just me. <laughs> it's not just you. We're in a season that things are being shaken up. Culture is shifting rapidly. Situations are happening. You know, it can be many different things. But what I want to say is that your struggle is not against flesh and blood. <laughs> it's not. And that's why you try to just, oh, I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't be. And you just keep getting in circles. You need God. And, and you have to turn to God in that spot. I think many of you are in this battle. To, to, to a strong extent or to a mild extent, but I think you can all feel the battle going on right now. And, uh, you know, I don't even know if Daniel really knew what, when he decided to, to, to pray for three weeks, I'm not, we don't know if he really knew clearly what he was asking, but he certainly wasn't doing well. And he was grieving. And that's what he brought to God. And you notice he says, and he humbled himself. He chose to be where he really was and say, God, I need you desperately. I mean, I, I was, I was uh, Bill McKay was praying for me, and these memories became, started coming up. And it was disturbing because I thought of person after person that has not remained faithful and has been taken out. These are people that love Jesus. And I still hope God will do a renewing work, but they've, they, it was just too much. They, whatever it was, they, it didn't, didn't hold. Uh, and, and I don't feel angry or frustrated at people or situations. I just know our struggle is not against flesh and blood, and it's a real war. And there's times in which things get shaken up, and that's the time that we have to turn to God and have this desperate place of saying, I will remain faithful, and I need you to come. Right? And even those of you who are doing really well, and you think, you can still feel the battle. <laughs> you think, oh, I'm doing pretty good. And all of a sudden, the next day, it feels, oh, me, it's getting a little shaky. You guys know what I'm talking about? I think you do. And God loves you. And when we look at God's heart towards Daniel and how he came to him in a way that allowed him to process and to be loved by God, you know, he's like he's holding on to the words that's going to shape the world through his writings and this book of truth that he's going to give him. But he spends this whole time just focusing on Daniel. And, you, and so God has some amazing things he wants to do through you, but you need to let him care for you 
in where you're at right now. And you need to seek him for that. All right?